Welcome to IoT Trajectory, a Logicalis IoT podcast series brought to you by Logicalis. Your host is Mike Trajecki, Logicalis' VP for Internet of Things and Analytics. Logicalis has been delivering IoT and data analytics solutions around the world and providing technology solutions that help organizations realize the benefits and values of the Internet of Things. This podcast is sponsored by Cisco. And now, here's your host, Mike Trajecki. Hi, welcome to the IoT Trajectory, a podcast where you'll learn from industry leaders about advances in IoT and data analytics. This is Mike Trajecki, VP of IoT and Analytics at Logicalis. As we've mentioned on previous podcast episodes, the industrial Internet of Things is driving customers in discrete and process manufacturing to reevaluate their legacy preventative maintenance and asset management programs. It's causing them to investigate new machine vision applications and business intelligence solutions in their plants. The data available to leaders in manufacturing is plentiful, but getting that data is a challenge. All too often, the networks that connect machines, sensors, people, and data together are unmanaged, outdated, and pose a significant security risk. The sheer amount of IoT and AI technology providers is so massive that it makes it hard to identify where to start and how to start. With us today on the IoT trajectory is Caroline Hilla, Marketing Coordinator on Cisco's Global Industries team. Caroline is responsible for planning, strategy, and execution of customer-driven content for manufacturing industry solutions. Caroline is also a fellow podcaster and host of the Cisco Manufacturing Leaders Podcast. Caroline, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here as well. And let me just first say that I'm, I'm a big fan of your podcast. Uh, I listen to it regularly. I love the fact that it's dedicated specifically to manufacturing. So do us a favor. Tell us a little bit more about the podcast and what you're trying to accomplish and what Cisco is trying to accomplish through that podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. That's a great question. And I kind of have a little bit of a story to tell you about this, of how we really started off by creating this podcast. And it all happened when I was actually at a Cisco Live event in the U.S. And, you know, I was just kind of listening to the conversations that our customers were having with our team of experts, you know, about the business challenges that they have specifically in the manufacturing industry. And, I realized how valuable those answers that our experts were able to provide to the customers. And so we kind of realized that, you know, where the industry is going now, especially within marketing, is having consumable content that's at your fingertips so you can listen to a podcast, you know, if you're on a plane or let's say you're commuting to work. We really wanted to be able to, you know, provide that educational resource for our customers, um, specifically for a manufacturing audience and, you know, help them understand what's coming in technology, what's new. And just in general, really be a resource to them. Um, we try not to focus too specifically on what Cisco is offering, but focus more on what's going on in the industry and what information that they need to be brought up to speed on. And it's really helpful to get to those people on their own time, on their time when they want to listen to this, right? Which I think is the power of doing these podcasts. And we had a very similar similar idea when we started the podcast here was how do we reach people in short really digestible chunks of information that they can access anytime that they want. And I know we have, we have a good time doing this. I love personally doing the podcast. I have to imagine that you're loving doing the podcast as well. And you know what? what's exciting about doing the podcast for you? Oh, yeah. So I've always loved listening to podcasts. And I think there's probably two 
key things that are most exciting for me. The first one is really just everything that I've been learning through recording the episodes, meeting with the experts and really capturing their knowledge. Um, I've not only been able to really learn more about the manufacturing industry through our internal stakeholders eyes, but also through like the seller's perspective through the customers and also meeting with analysts to kind of get the bigger picture. And that has just been incredibly valuable when it comes to creating marketing content and really understanding who the audience is. Um, Another key thing that's been really exciting was, you know, when we first created this, I was thinking that we were probably going to have a largely U.S.-based audience. Um, Given that we were sharing it on Apple Podcasts, I thought it was really going to be focused more in the United States. Um, But what we've actually been really seeing is that the audience with each episode has really become very broad. And we now have subscribers in over 58 countries around the world in all of the continents and really only half of those are in the US. So it, that has just been so exciting to build a more you know international audience rather than just a regional one. That's amazing to have that kind of reach. And you know, when you work for a company like Cisco, where you, thanks to people like yourself, one of the best marketing companies in the world, you, you get to that reach and you get to these people all over the place. And you know, we've, we've talked before, it, manufacturing is such a global play, right? It's it's not just one manufacturing plant in one city in the US or in China or in South Africa. I mean, it is everywhere across the, the world. Everybody's got multiple offices, multiple countries. And I look at that and I personally, I feel fortunate that I get to do the podcast. And, you know, like you said, I get it. I get this amazing opportunity to learn from pretty amazing people and, you know, people like yourself. So when you look at that, you know, for me, one of the most impactful things is definitely the learning piece and the ability to to really touch so many people in the industry. What what are some of the impactful things for you that you've learned by hosting the show? That's a great question. And, you know, I really think about the knowledge that I've been learning from everyone and from the various and diverse different backgrounds of experience of people I've been able to interview. And I would say that Really, the most impactful thing I've learned is how important people are. doesn't really matter which industry you are in, but specifically in manufacturing. You know, manufacturing is such a tech-focused industry. You know, everything that you do is driven by your company's ability to get things out the door and get them into a new market faster than your competitors. So it's really a speed-to-market type of industry. But, you know, I'm learning more about automation and machine connectivity, security and collaboration. And as I've been doing these interviews, the thing that keeps coming up is really understanding how the people feel in this industry. And what we're really seeing is that the most valuable tool a company can really use is its people and putting the power of the company in the hands of the workers who actually are on those lines every day. And that's really the key to powerful digital transformation is making every person in your company a stakeholder and not necessarily looking at technology as an opportunity to replace them, but really putting them in a position to be the innovators and find a way to really improve the process. And so I think that the role of the people and understanding that that's the most important asset to a company has been an extremely impactful thing I've learned. And it, it plays such a big, I mean, the culture piece of this plays such a big role. Uh, when you talk about manufacturing, because w- whether we like it or not, there's there's a skills gap in manufacturing right now. 
And that skills gap has to be filled. And in a lot of ways, we try and fill that with technology. But like you said, not to replace somebody, but to give those people an opportunity to move into different areas, to help make an impact on the business side, take some of that institutional knowledge that they have and really use that to, to make the company better, whether it's you know, reducing costs or increasing revenues or production or reducing risk. So it's, I would agree with you that the culture is a pretty important part. And I'm glad that's something that you're able to take away from all of these interviews and conversations you're having. So we, we talked in the opening about IIoT, Industry 4.0, or whatever term you want to use. It's driving a lot of the conversation around the, the holistic internet of things. I mean, Cisco is the market leader in a number of technology areas, but really including industrial edge, networking, compute. And uh, I think it was March 2019, IHS ranked Cisco as number one in market share in wireless access points, industrial, industrial routers, managed layer two switches, managed layer three switches, all within that industrial, that manufacturing environment. As a marketing coordinator, your job is really to drive the messaging around Cisco and its dominant and how it's dominating the space. So tell us a little bit more about your role specifically, how you and your team are helping Cisco to get those market share rankings, because it's it's pretty impressive. Great. Well, thank you. Those are great results, definitely, to share. Um, and, you know, like you just mentioned, I work on the global industry marketing team here at Cisco, and I'm focused specifically on the manufacturing industry. So, in my role, I am constantly in communication with stakeholders throughout the entire company, whether they're in the business units, the global sales representatives, or marketing decision makers and industry experts. And what we are really trying to do is create a global, consistent message. And the reason that we focus on that is so that all of our sales enablement tools, all of our content, and including our event presence, really, we show up in a consistent way so that really, no matter where you live in the world, whether you're in Japan or in the US or Brazil, if anyone was to ask you, what is Cisco doing in the manufacturing industry, you know, you would have an answer that is somewhat similar, no matter what country that you live in. So we we really focus on that consistency and also being able to just simplify the message so that it's understandable no matter who we're talking to. And the, the podcast part of this, you talked about earlier about being global and having, I think you said 58 different countries uh, with subscribers in them. I would imagine that that helps kind of tie the message together as well, right? So getting not only internal Cisco people listening to the podcast, but customers and some of your ecosystem partners Right. It helps. It helps drive a consistent message, like you said. And and it's you have to do that in an in an IoT world. Right. You have to do it in IIoT. And again, Industry 4.0, whatever term you want to use for this. And, and you and I have talked about before how complex IoT can be. And we talked about the reality that really not everyone knows what IoT and AI and data analytics are. And it's really hard to kind of put together an easy to consume, a relevant message. You know, my previous company, we struggled with simplifying that message. And fortunately, here we've been able to learn from that and now focus on keeping that message pretty clear, concise, relevant for not just our sales teams, but our customers, our partners, our leaderships, our leaders and our engineers. And I got to tell you, it's made a huge difference for us. And I know this is a challenge. 
are you facing those same challenges? How are you how are you at Cisco handling this? Absolutely. I have to say we are definitely facing this challenge, but I've really found two key ways that we can overcome this. Um, and the first thing is really the perspective that we hold. So every single thing that we create, that we write, we strategize around, it all revolves around who we're talking to. So when we do that, we are obsessed with understanding from an IT's focus, what are their priorities? What are their objectives? What are their specific challenges? You know, their job is to keep the network running, have zero disruptions, and really protect the information. Whereas from the OT side, operations within manufacturing, they're focused on keeping things running. And so we have to understand that as we go into those conversations, whether you know we're creating a seller enablement tool or if we're creating an ebook or content, that they will have different priorities and that it's critical that we understand those. And in, in addition to that, internally, it's really important to create then this rallying cry for the importance of industry-focused messaging across the entire company and providing that in a consumable way, like you said earlier, using podcasts is a great example of how we can kind of share that information. But the second thing that we do um, is, you know, a lot of times in marketing, we think of A-B testing or trying out one form of a message or copy and seeing how it works. But I think that feedback is one of the most incredible tools that we really have when it comes to messaging to customers and making sure that our message is simple and clear. And so, you know, for example, if you're not really sure about which message works, then don't test it out you know, you, you have the opportunity to ask customers directly, set up a focus group. If you have a customer that's willing to engage with you, send them a test copy, say, Hey, which does this resonate with you? Does it not? Do you have, you know, feedback for us? What can we improve to make this more relevant to your audience and make sure you're testing that with a variety of different stakeholders. So I think that, you know, don't, don't just (laughs) give it a try. If you haven't had the opportunity to really test it out in ask someone how they respond to it. Because what we've learned from that is, you know, sometimes we think that one topic, maybe it's 5G, maybe it's cloud is most important to a customer. But when we actually receive their feedback or, you know, study our particular case studies that we have available, we learn that they use sometimes different language with how they refer to that. So we really use that feedback to build the content and not the other way around looking for their feedback at the end. We really use that in the beginning. And I think that's really critical to making sure that the message is clear and concise. And I love the word obsessed, right? You're obsessed with, with this. I mean, I, I, frankly, I'm going to steal that from you. This customer obsession with you know, helping them and helping the customer experience. I love that. Um, the second part of this, you talked about the feedback piece. And, you know, one of the things that we do here at Logical is we have our customer advisory council, and we use that as an opportunity to receive feedback from our customers on not just direction from a technology standpoint and where we should be developing new solutions, but it also gives us a chance to, just like you said, get feedback on messaging. And is this the right messaging? And we help, we let our customers help us develop that message. And we get that from a pretty diverse group of verticals, uh, a lot of manufacturing, a lot of healthcare. But the fact that you, as big as Cisco is, and you're trying to go out there and get that feedback and consolidate it, I think it's awesome. I think it's, it helps you really focus on the customer outcome and not just the Cisco outcome. 
Absolutely. I have to say too, that from a selling perspective too, sometimes the account managers and the sellers have the best feedback for us in terms of what will work and what won't, you know, since they have that direct interaction with them, they're an incredible tool to go to within the company and make sure that we're driving the right message. Yeah. Don't forget about your partners, by the way, we'll help too. And partners, of course, of course, <laughs> partners are the biggest piece of the puzzle. <laughs> let's talk, uh, let's talk about you know, manufacturing itself and how you guys are approaching manufacturing. You know, how are you, how are you enabling your sales teams to bring that clear, concise, consistent message to customers? What type of successes have you had? I mean, there's a lot people like Logicalis and other companies can learn from Cisco because if you're leading the market in those four critical segments in industrial, you're doing something right. And we'd like to know, you know, how are you getting that message out? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. And like you said, so really helping our sellers always understand what's most important to the decision makers at any given time is absolutely critical in manufacturing. And so one of the really major enablement tools that we use is a new resource that we've created called the Industry Portfolio Explorer. We have a portfolio explorer for each industry with that Cisco serves. So whether it's financial services or utilities and manufacturing included. And so basically what this does is we really look at what the business is trying to achieve from a use case perspective. You know, we don't typically have customers come to us say, hey, I would like this specific router XYZ, this part of the collab portfolio. So they don't always have that piece together in a package and understand exactly what the different pieces of the portfolio can do together. And that's what we've really created with this tool. So that gives us an opportunity, for example, if they're trying to achieve asset visibility and control, data collection and management, or they want to enable remote experts within their plants. You know, we then take those specific use cases and then map into that exactly which Cisco products and partners make that solution possible so that they can get a full picture on the product portfolio that works across our, you know, cross architectures versus kind of the more horizontal approach. And so I think that's been really critical is, like we just said, the customer obsession is what is it exactly that they're looking to do and what do we have that really solves that problem? And so by packaging packaging that together and already having that concise and prepared for them, it really kind of eliminates that complexity and makes it much more easy for them to understand exactly where they can move forward and which partner they should be reaching out to. And I, I will say I've, I've actually used the tool in customer meetings, customer presentations, as well as used that uh, Portfolio Explorer tool internally. And it's it's an amazing tool and it's, it is, it's simple, concise and helps you identify the use cases. And if I'm hearing you right, it's a focus on use cases, but it's also the case study after that as well, right? Not just saying, Hey, you can do all these great things, but the backside of that is here's how it actually worked for X customer. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great point. For each use case, we make sure to back that up with a case study exactly to say, this is not just what you can do, but this is actually how we've done it. And here's some example of customers, maybe particular to your sector, whether you're an automotive manufacturer or a food and beverage manufacturer, you can read a customer story that has implemented those exact products and really understand the business outcomes that they were able to achieve. Caroline, it's that, that point in the show where we like to get to know our guests a little bit better. And if you've listened to any of our the previous podcasts, we do that through movies. So we want to see the world through your eyes through movies. So talk to us about uh, C3 
seen any good movies recently? What are your favorite types of movies? Do you have a top three, a top five list of favorites? (laughs) That's a great question. And I am definitely a movie lover. And this might sound kind of strange, but um, I am very creative and imaginative. But when it comes to movies, it is really hard for me to sit down and watch a movie that's fictional. I really only enjoy movies when they're based on a true story. Um, So... My top three are all based on true stories. One I saw recently was um, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, talking about Mr. Rogers' life, you know, that kid's show, um, and how he evolved in his career and the impact that he had on the world. And that one was really interesting. I also really liked um, Imitation Game. And my third favorite was probably A Beautiful Mind. Oh, so I, I get a good good view of the, you like more of the intellectual movies. Exactly. Yeah. If if I can't feel like moved by it or if I can't learn something, I'll literally turn the movie off halfway through and go do some laundry or something. I'm just <laughs> time is precious. So I like to learn something from the movies. Otherwise, I don't really enjoy watching them. And, and a couple of the presentations that I've done in the past, I talk about the intersections of movies and technology and how movies and books and science fiction actually influence Uh, some of the newer technologies we have. So if we look at it and you go back, so something that may have been fiction before, but it's reality now, can you go back and watch it then? Or can you talk about it now? Oh, definitely. That's extremely interesting, especially that Netflix series where it's um, going through each of the decades, um, like the 80s, and then it um, kind of predicts what would happen in the future. It's really interesting to watch them and see how many of those are actually true. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, crazy things. I mean, even just looking at you know the ultimate, you know, the ultimate fanboy geek movies of Star Wars and Star Trek of how much that is actually real world stuff for us right now. Oh yeah, those are those are definitely a uh, loophole in my strategy for movie watching. I love watching those types of movies. Those never get old. <laughs> well, that's great, so, Caroline. Thanks for being a guest on the show today. We appreciate the insight and perspective that you have. We appreciate the opportunity to get to know you a little bit better through movies. So one more final question for you when it comes to manufacturing. What can we expect from Cisco and manufacturing over the next coming months and years? Yeah, so we have a lot of really exciting things coming up in the next few months. Um, One of the big things we're gearing up for right now is Hanover Messe in April, and that's going to be located in Hanover, Germany. And that is a really cool event that brings in customers and partners from all over the world coming together to really showcase our entire package for manufacturing. So we're going to have expert meeting sessions, all of our demos, and a featured industrial security showcase too for our customers to come in and demo and assess their current situation and security and help build a scalable plan. We're also building out some new resources that are focused on sharing educational tools with our audience, such as a new industrial ebook that we're creating and also some upcoming webinar sessions to help our listeners learn more about network segmentation and threat prevention using their network infrastructure. That is exciting. And I will tell you, we'll, we'll be there in, uh, in Germany as well. Uh, that's one of the, one of the better shows out there. So, uh, hopefully we can uh, run into each other while we're there, but Caroline, thank you again. And thank you to all of you who listened today. Please make sure you subscribe to the IOT trajectory on SoundCloud or Apple iTunes, and also subscribe to Cisco manufacturing leaders. This is Mike Trajecki reminding you to go out there, be the disruptor and use data for good.
Thank you for joining us for the IoT Trajectory, a Logicalis IoT podcast series brought to you by Logicalis, an international IT solutions and managed service provider. Please join us for updates. To learn more, visit the Logicalis website at www.us.logicalis.com or contact your host, Mike Trajecki, directly at mike.trajecki at us.logicalis.com.